0: Well, 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 welcome to the Odds Brothers on a WTF Monday. I'm Point Spread Shane, and boy, I'd like to introduce my partner today, partner in crime ever since we started this uh, podcast back in July. Let's welcome Line Mark, everybody. Yeah, chances are he's not going to a Nebraska game soon, huh? Yeah, he had his best week ever, and guess what? He's nowhere to have tickets around anywhere. I guess we should get this show going, huh? I'll take you all the way through, boys and girls. Welcome to the Odds Brothers Podcast, coming to you from the Bentley Sportsbook inside the new Southland Casino and Hotel. Follow the Odds Brothers Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and YouTube. Today's show is presented by Bentley Online Sportsbook. Download the Bentley Online state-specific sportsbook app today from the Google Play on Apple App Stores. Now, here are the hosts of the show, Moneyline, Mark. I'm not a smart man. And point Spread Shane. Looks like I picked the wrong week quit sniffing blue. Oh, man. That's funny, ain't it, Mark? Oh, I guess he's not here. First episode ever that he has not decided to uh, be laughing. Actually, he's doing a well-deserved trip home, uh, back to the heartland somewhere once again. I'm not sure it's about buying Nebraska football tickets. But anyway, we had a pros versus Joes contest. High risers jumped in this past uh, Friday. If you watch the show, Mark almost got a perfect seven uh, points in that, and he would have done that had it not been for the Cowboys, choking a 14-point lead in Lambeau Field. That was the only one he was missing. How the other guys do, well, not quite as good as him. So although one, Preston, I got to give it to you. You came off a close, this close, but you did not get it, sir, no. All right, well, we're uh, waiting on that one. Let's go ahead and get you our uh, Betley promotion. Remember, $250 to open an account if you open up a Betley Mobile in Arkansas or Tennessee at this point. And we've told you many times, if you live close enough to hop the river and set up an account in both states, you can get $250 in risk-free wages. Keep in mind, there are some limitations that apply, like... You know, the odds got to be at least minus 250 or greater and all that good jazz. But if you want to get all the details, com, also through the social pages on Facebook as well. Um, With all that being said, how did we do on the college football and the pro football versions of last show on Friday? Well, we didn't do too bad here. Well, let's do that in a second here. See, Mark usually does this stuff. I bet you we work now, don't we? There we go. Colorado, USC. you can see both of our ugly mugs on the right side of that one USC ends up winning 55 to 17. so they end up covering that 34 and a half point spread. It went over the 65 and a half which I didn't think Colorado was going to participate much in. but they did get those 17 points and that just put it over the edge. Really no surprises here other than the fact that it was a little close early on in the game than I thought. I figured this would probably be a dump truck right off the bat but I believe it was like a two nothing score. Early on, if that tells you how exciting this uh, ball game was, that was played on last Friday. Uh, Ohio State, well, 40-and-a-half point favorites with Indiana at home. You do not see any ugly mugs on that one because we both thought Indiana might be able to hang in a little closer than 40 at 14, and they almost did it. If you added the 40-and-a-half in, it was technically 54-and-a-half to 56. So Ohio State, and then, of course, the over of 58-and-a-half was almost done by Ohio State. And uh, by themselves, actually, Ohio State moves to 10-0, and zero, setting up the big showdown with Michigan in a uh, week or two. Uh, really, Indiana just might as well pack it in. Not going bowling there. That's their seventh loss. So they are bowling eligible. Congratulations to the Hoosiers. Uh, Missouri, well, yeah, they got dumb-trucked by Tennessee. Both uh, ugly mugs on the Tennessee side. We had that 20-and-a-half. We thought that was way Light on the point score, and it turned out you could have gave another 20 points on top of that. You could have gave 40 and still covered in this game. Over under a 56-and-a-half, it went way over by Tennessee itself. So that offense is still pretty potent unless they're facing the uh, Georgia Bulldogs there. One of the games that was uh, kind of interesting, 13-10, to 10, LSU ends up beating Arkansas. The interesting point about this one is I thought there would be more points scored in this contest, but... Not going to be able to do it. I guess not. I mean, it was pretty uh, – it looked like a Big Ten game, to be honest with you. Arkansas ends up falling to 5-5 five and five on the season, still looking to get bowl eligible. Just a couple of games left to go in the season. LSU loses by that hook, three and a half. so that's why you see no ugly mugs there because we both thought LSU would win by at least 7 to 10 points up in Wupiksuwe land. Over, under of 61 and a half didn't have a prayer. It went way under there. Notre Dame, uh, they went up to Navy. Yeah, this wasn't supposed to be anywhere close like it was, I thought. 3-7, and seven, though. We took the 15 and a half, Both ugly n- mugs on the side of Navy there. Uh, 39 and a half it went over. Surprisingly, a lot of points scored by Navy in this contest. I don't think a lot of people would have expected that. I sure didn't. Uh, but LSU, or LSU, Notre Dame ends up going to 7-3 and three on the year. Uh, they'll boost their rankings just a little bit. Kind of the upset in the Big Ten, I guess you could call it, is the Illinois fighting the lion. I drop it. I think their third straight game here, six and a half point favorites at home. They lose outright to Purdue, 31 to 24. So you can go ahead and chuck that six and a half by Illinois. It didn't matter. The over of uh, 44 and a half for a Big Ten game. That was actually quite a few points scored in here. 31 by Purdue against that Illinois defense was probably the most uh, surprising of this game. Not that Purdue won, but they were able to hang 31 on a good defense like Illinois seemed to have for a while. Uh, Vanderbilt, yeah, this is the WT moment, WTF moment of the entire weekend. Not only did they lose like 26 SEC games in a row, so it's been three, four years since they won one, but then they did it on Kentucky's home turf. Kentucky, 17.5-point favorites here. The over-under of 47.5 went under. 24 to 21 Vanderbilt wins. Mark actually took the points. Don't let him tell you that he thought Vanderbilt was going to win. I'm sure that's what you're going to say, right Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not so much. All right, moving on. 230 games. The one Nebraska loves the or Mark loves the most. Nebraska. Yeah, they drop another one. To Michigan. Michigan covers that 30 and a half but barely by a half a point. Uh, Nebraska only able to produce a field goal in this game. The over-under was 47.5, so that did not materialize thanks to Nebraska not participating. Michigan moves on to 10-0, once again setting up that big uh, boost coming up in a couple of weeks against Ohio State. I think that game's going to be in the horseshoe, but I'm not 100% sure there. Uh, Alabama, well, here's some ugly mugs for you. If it'll roll on. There you go. Ole Miss, we took the points here. Uh, Alabama on the road. I don't know. They, their defense still has issues. They did allow 24 points to Ole Miss. Good thing for them. They scored 30 there, so they did not cover this. The under went sailing under, really, 64 and a half, so they missed it by about 10 points here. Uh, Ole Miss suffers their second loss of the season. Alabama goes to 8-2 and two, and probably climbing a, a spot or two thanks to the Oregon loss, which we'll discuss in just a minute. Louisville at number 10, Clemson. Both the ugly mugs are on that side as Clemson has a rebound game here, 31-16. to 16. Uh, They were favored by a touchdown plus that hook. It went under that 51 and a half. You notice we had a lot of unders in the college football world uh, this past weekend, at least in the top 25 action. A lot more than you'd give credit for since a lot of it wasn't weather-induced this time. Uh, Clemson goes to 9-1. Looks like a shoe-in to get into at least the ACC championship game from here. Uh, We'll see how that works next week. Maryland at Penn State. Well, Penn State keeps on dump trucking along. Not only did they cover that 9.5 by winning an amazing 30-0. to That's right, Maryland. Not a single solitary point. I guess we asked, hey, Maryland, you want to score a point? Not going to be able to do it. Really? Not even a field goal? Not going to be able to do it. Not a measly safety or anything? Not going to be able to do it. And they weren't. They got dump truck, 30 to zip. That means Penn State covered, but that also means that under went way under thanks to Maryland not participating this week. Uh, Boston College, if there was one that was probably second, and I would say close second to the Vanderbilt WTF, it was the Boston College WTF here as North Carolina State, forget about covering the 19 and a half. You covered zilch, zada. You got your butt beat flat out at home. By Boston College, 21-20. to 20. It was actually a pretty good game if you're just watching it from the sideline. If you're betting it, maybe not so much. It uh, didn't even get the over there. It slided under by a half a point as well. you figured there'd be enough points scored to get over the 41-and-a-half and just missed it. UCF, guess you're for real. You went to Tulane, the feel-good story. Their home turf, they were favored by just a point-and-a-half, so they figured it was a toss-up game. But then 38-31 came out of it, so it went over the 53-and-a-half UCF moves to 8-2. and two. Same record as Tulane here, and they do have uh, the tiebreaker, obviously, from the head-to-head matchup. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know how the ACC does their little championship game. I don't know if there's divisions or they take the top two records in there. Have to look that up, but hopefully we'll be able to see this game once again somewhere along the line. Uh, Georgia. Well, there you go. You see Mark and I on the other side. They covered at 16-and-a-half point spread here. Uh, Georgia ends up winning 45 to 19. Mississippi State really got grinded out throughout the whole game. 53 and a half. It did go over that for you over players, you over lovers. Uh, Georgia still 10 and 0, looking like they'll sail into the SEC championship game and probably even if they lose that, the National College Football Playoff. Washington went to Oregon. Mm, yeah, we thought Oregon at home might roll 12 and a half. Uh, Washington ended up not only covering that, they ended up flat out winning the game. Uh 37-34, so it was a good contest there. Quarterback was out for Oregon late, then stepped back in and tried to do uh, a He-Man's effort there and came up a bit short now. We talked about this over-under. I thought there'd be no way it come close to 73-and-a-half for a while. It did, but it did go under. It ended up at 71 points. All right, I can't figure this one out, Kansas State. I mean, Mark did. He went ahead and took them. Uh, but they end up just slapping the crap out of Baylor here. 31-3. It went under the 52-and-a-half. Baylor was actually favored at home and did not show up for this ballgame at all. Kansas State, a Jekyll and Hyde team. They either whoop you or they get whooped. Flip a coin and tune in to see how that's going to shake out on any given week because I have no clue anymore. Best game of the day, TCU at Texas, at least from a covering standpoint because uh, Texas at that seven and a half a at home and TCU being undefeated, I think they took a little slight to that. And a beating uh, Texas in a surprisingly big defensive game here, 17-10, to way under the 64-and-a-half point line there for the over-under. Uh, Texas will now fall 6-5, and hopefully we will never see them ranked in another college football poll this year. That should about do it. TCU now in great position to, to keep a stranglehold on this uh, Big 12 uh, championship game and ultimately into the college football playoff if they can't figure out some way to shoe in Shoehorn or backdoor Alabama. They tend to do that every once in a while. North Carolina, you went to Wake Forest and uh, you won. 36 to 34. Wake Forest was a four and a half point favorite as a home team there. 76 and a half points though. Once again, it came close. It got to 70. Uh, one more touchdown would have did it, but it fell on the underside there. North Carolina moves to nine and one now. And the kind of early darling in the ACC season, Wake Forest now drops to six and four they uh, probably will not see the rankings at all again this year either oh uh, the one that I didn't see coming Florida State at Syracuse I thought Syracuse still had some fight in them I guess they are cooked done nada and not gonna be able to do it not gonna be able to pick them again the rest of the year because I have no idea what they got to play for at this point they got dump truck 38 to three uh, Florida State was actually a seven and a half point road favorite. At Syracuse, but it didn't matter. They could have gave a lot more than that. Over under a 51-and-a-half, obviously went under thanks to Syracuse not participating in the let's try to score some points game. Stanford and Utah. This one was pretty easy. 23-and-a-half point favorite for Utah, no problem. They dump trucked uh, Stanford 42-7. to seven. It went under the 53-and-a-half. Stanford had trouble scoring anywhere. Uh, Utah now moves to 8-and-2. Probably always going to be on the outside looking in for the college football playoff in this case, but at least getting into the Pac-12 championship game ought ought to do it and get a decent round New Year's Day bowl, maybe. We shall see. And then the final contest, Arizona at UCLA. Yep, I went ahead. I thought that was a lot of points. I took Arizona. I got rewarded. Why? Because Arizona just won the game outright. This was a weird, embarrassing moment for UCLA. I thought they were a lot better than that. Uh, they lose by six, 34-28. It went way under that 77-and-a-half. Uh, 26-and-a-half point favorites, and you lose by six. Yikes. So that was not a good uh, move for UCLA. They now moved to 8-and-2 on the year, and uh, it's not looking good for them. They got the Battle of USC. That's probably going to be their bigger bowl game, even when they go to an actual bowl game here in about a month and a half. And that is your top 25 college football action. So, now we will move on to the professional game here where the Seattle Seahawks, if you woke up way early in the morning, watch the game from Munich. Tampa Bay ended up winning this contest 21-16 to here. Tampa Bay was a two-and-a-half-point favorite they cover. You see both of our ugly mugs on that side. Uh, I just thought Tampa Bay had some momentum coming in after that come-from-behind victory the week before with the Rams. It turned out to be the case. Seattle, though, interesting team. Like, Geno Smith has actually turned a corner a little bit. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite quarterback by any standards, but he can at least play the game enough to give your team a chance, especially against the middle, middling and lower end of the NFL uh, this year. Seahawks end up moving down to 6-4, and four, but in their division, that's still a pretty good stranglehold. Tampa Bay now gets to 5-5, five and five, which actually leads the NFC South, uh, really, this week. So thanks to Atlanta caving in, Carolina stinks, and New Orleans ended up losing as well. Best game on the card, I think, Minnesota at Buffalo. Mark took Minnesota. Not only did they cover or take that three and a half, they flat out won the game. It was an overtime, 33 to 30. If you watched anything about this game, it was amazing from the goal line stand on fourth down. Then Buffalo gets it, fumbles, and gives Minnesota a touchdown to lead, and then Buffalo comes down to tie it to go to overtime. And then they had a field goal in the bag and decided to throw an INT in the end zone. Josh Allen did not look all that great. Um, Some very costly turnovers at their worst time, and they dropped their second straight now. And that AFC East is looking a lot interesting with uh, the Jets and Miami now uh, breathing right down. The back of the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings now go to what seven and one, eight and one. They're eight and one now. So, are they legit? I'm not so sure. They're they're good. They got a lot of great position players, but I'm not buying into the Kirk. It wasn't a Kirk Cousins day. Let's put it that way. All you uh, skull and whatever you you say up there up north. You still got Kirk Cousins in a primetime game. You do get the Cowboys though in your home crib, and the Cowboys look wounded. We'll see what comes out of that. Better hope they don't start Cooper Rush. <laughs> All right, Detroit Lions. Well, they went up, and what did they do? They ended up beating Justin Fields and the Bears. Just when the Bears started feeling good about themselves, Lions knocked them back down to a peg. Uh, Chicago falls to 3-7. and seven. Detroit now improves, if you want to call it that, to 3-6. and six. Uh, It went over that 47 and a half because neither have a defense, believe it or not. And if you don't, keep watching these games. Between those two, and you'll see that they have zero defense. Denver Broncos, Tennessee Titans. I like this game a lot. Had to sweat it a little bit at the end. Ryan Tannehill comes back. It wasn't that Derrick Henry had a huge day either, uh, but Tennessee's defense plays lights out, uh, especially with a lot of people. They had like five people out on defense, and they still win 17 to 10. So they cover the two and a half. It goes under that 37 and a half. Um, both of our ugly mugs got the Tennessee Titans on there, and if you notice that trend, you'll see. How my partner did so well. Yeah, he's he's all ears, on an airplane somewhere, I suppose. Uh, Denver just looks like a dumpster fire. They ain't going down to three and six. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, wow, that onside kick to start the game and you recover it, and you didn't get anything out of it, and it went downhill from there. Kansas City does backdoor cover this twenty-seven to seventeen. It was nine and a half on the. Uh, Spread the over-under of 50-and-a-half went under in this case. I thought Jacksonville was going to score a little more than they did up a narrowhead. Not to be. The Chiefs now at 7-and-2 look to gain control of the AFC in general. The AFC West by a mile, and uh, probably looking real good to be your number one seed going into the playoffs. Cleveland Browns at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins keep rolling. 39-17. to 17. Now, I thought Cleveland was going to Shorten this game a lot more. Uh, run the ball, which they did to a certain extent, but the Dolphins just uh, they couldn't be stopped on the ground or the air. Two ahead, three touchdown passes again. The over-under of 49.5 went sailing over there, and Miami easily covers this to move to 7-3 and three on the year. Uh, the Buffalo game coming up shortly is going to be probably for all the marbles in the AFC East would be my guess. Houston Texans. Yeah, they keep doing Houston Texan things. 1-7-1 uh, and one now. They lose by 8 to the New York Giants, who are favored by 4.5 here. Both of the mugs on that side of the picture means we hit that 140.5 was the over-under, and it still went under by a half a point. Boy, uh, if you were going for the over on that, which I probably would have in this case, not going to be able to do it. All right, next one on there, New Orleans Saints and the Steelers. The Steelers went outright they didn't need no two-and-a-half stinky points. Saints now fall to three and seven on the years. Um, the Saints do, and the Steelers improved the three and six here, and it went under the 40-and-a-half. Now, the interesting thing on this one is that Pittsburgh really didn't look all that good either. Um, the Saints just, I, I don't understand it. They, they seem to have enough talent on offense to put up some points, and on the defensive side, they're just just—they're not playing good football at all. They're not able to stop really anybody including the Steelers, who are starting a rookie quarterback, a rookie wide receiver, and uh, realistically no running game or offensive line. How about this one? The Colts, what the hell? We took them because Jeff Saturday loves Sundays, evidently. The new head coach there for the Colts gets a big one there by running Jonathan Taylor like 35 times. And then it went in this game 25 to 20. Uh, your Raiders were cut or favored by 4.5 here. The over-under of half went over in this case. Colts, welcome to participating and scoring points, too. You went back to Matt Ryan. Not that he threw a great game yesterday, but definitely a big improvement over Sam Ellinger, and I don't even know if that guy's going to see the field anymore again this year, at least as a starting QB. Both of the ugly mugs there on the Colts. Arizona Cardinals, yeah, we had that, too. The Rams, now this was interesting because both starting quarterbacks were questionable. One with a hamstring. And Stafford for the Rams had a concussion. He didn't clear protocol, so it was Wofford or Wolford versus Colt McCoy. And what a shootout we had, 27-17. Cooper Cup got injured late in this game, too. Keep an eye on that. The Rams now fall to 2-7 and seven in full dumpster mode, I think. Uh, realistically, they're still not out of it, but they got to get on, like, a seven-game win streak uh, to try to, hit, try to make the playoffs here, especially in the NFC East where really the uh, five-loss teams are all clumped together, and they're going to start facing each other to weed each other out. But realistically, there's no life. There's no offensive line. There's no running game. Bye-bye, Rams. You bought yourself a Super Bowl. Now down to the cellar you go. Speaking of down to the cellar, yeah, Cowboys and the Packers. 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Okay, that's cool. Cowboys were 195-0 and zero in that situation ever since their inception being up 14 points or more going into the fourth quarter. And what do they do? They just have to run everything through deck. They have to make him throw. They have to put it in his hands. And then the defense, well, they decided, that I guess, at the end of the third quarter, they thought the game was over. They allow two, bom- three bombs, really, to Christian Watson. So as a rookie, he just set, like, world records. Might as well put him in the Hall of Fame already in the Packers' ring of honor. Uh, but when that counts the most, Dak, just don't show up to win. That's the bottom line. Is he better than half the QBs in the league? Yeah, he's good. He's a Tony Romo type. Good numbers when you look at the box score. But, boy, in the big-time spotlight games, I don't know what his record is, but it feels like it's 0 oh and whatever. Uh, so, Cowboys, it don't get any easier here until after this week, per se. They got to go to Minnesota. So that's a big man up game. We'll see what happens there. They won last year with Cooper Rush in charge of a game up there in Minneapolis. But Cowboys, when you had a 14 point lead in the fourth, you had to be feeling good, didn't you? Here you go. Good Lord. On to next week, right, guys? Mm hmm. Charges. They lost. San Francisco 49ers 22-16, uh, to 16, that should say, 22-16. to 16, So they lost by six. San Francisco actually had a seven-and-a-half-point uh, spread to cover, so they did not do that there. Uh, Mark actually picked the Chargers. He thought they might win outright, and they looked for most of the game like they were going to, and then, I mean, it was pretty apparent. Uh, without the starting wide receiving core in L.A., Herbert tried his butt off, uh, just couldn't do it. Wasn't able to do it. And so they moved to five and four. Same record as the San Francisco 49ers, who I wouldn't start hanging championship ball- or banners out on the bay yet. It looked like you had your own issues at times. Moving the ball with all those weapons you claim to have over there. Actually, Elijah Mitchell looked a lot better for some reason than Christian McCaffrey this uh, game. We'll see what happens in the weeks to come. I think that's more of an abnormality than a normal routine. Uh, but San Francisco... I'm not sure your high-powered offense is as such just as yet. Now, we still have a Monday night game to go here. Uh, we'll go back there, but it's the Washington Commanders are on the road here to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, right now, when we opened the lineup on Friday and talked about this game, Philadelphia was a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. They're now 11-and-a-half-point favorites, so a lot of money still coming in on Philadelphia here, and the over-under, which was 43-and-a-half, actually shrank by a point, which is interesting, 42-and-a-half. So what's this mean? Well, it means that a lot of people think Philadelphia is going to dump truck Washington. Could happen. But they don't give credit for the points scored. One, Philly's going to get out to a big lead and start running the ball and grinding it out, which they tend to do in the second halves of games that they lead, and they don't give Washington much hope to score anything with Taylor Heineke. So both of those things in play. Now, I still like the Commanders with the 11-and-a-half especially. Divisional games, even though this team's on the road, tend to be a lot tighter than you would think. They just play each other often. I know last uh, game those two played, Carson Wentz was the quarterback of Washington at the time. Uh, Devontae Smith had himself won a whale of a game, and uh, Philly boat raced to an early lead. Washington tried to contain it from there and actually gave themselves a little bit of an opportunity in the second half and still ultimately fell. To the Eagles, so I figure at home they probably assume that they'll get out to a huge lead here, which could happen. Uh, but just in the NFL in general, those double-digit point spreads sometimes are just so difficult, and especially divisional games are so difficult that uh, I'm going to still stick with the Commanders. I'm not going to feel good about it. Kind of tastes a little throw up in my mouth while I'm saying that I'm wearing this jersey, but realistically. Um, I think the Eagles ultimately win the game, but uh, hopefully not by 11 and a half in this case, or 10 and a half when we picked it. And then last but not least, the Thursday night football game coming up. Tennessee's at Green Bay, so Green Bay don't have a whole lot of time to celebrate here. Tennessee, uh, better run defense than the Cowboys by far. Uh, Better coach, in my opinion, by far. And then from there... The better running backs, I think, are split between Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. And I think the weapons on offense are pretty much even outside of the QBs, which obviously I'll still take Aaron Rodgers every day instead of Ryan Tannehill. But in this case, Green Bay's three and a half. And there's that hook again over under 41 and a half. I think the game does go over, not by much. And I will take Tennessee plus that three and a half, thinking ultimately this is going to be a field goal game. Either way, and realistically, Green Bay's chance of saving their season still on the line here. They need wins. They need to stack them and rack them because they are not catching Minnesota for the division. So now it's ultimately wild card or bust. So I know with that being said, everybody's kind of probably wondering what's going on with the pick six, right? Uh, let's get you our standings here. Uh, let's pop this thing up for you. Not just yet. Like I said, this is a rookie call here. Uh, let's see here. Let's go with, how about this? Bang. All right. Let's pull them up here. Who do we want to go first? Let's do, yeah, let's do the average Joe. This was Preston's pick six uh, massacre here. Uh, (laughs) Actually, he did better than he did most uh, weeks here. There is Preston. He had Miami uh, at minus three and a half. They dump trucked Cleveland, so he got a point there. The Bills losing in overtime, so forget the favorite there. He got zero. Titans ended up being a point. Kansas City, his lock, which was good, got him two points there. They covered by a half a point in that game. Cowboys looked good at the end. It got a zero and the Giants, of course, got him a point. So all in all, five points uh, for Preston there. That was pretty, pretty solid. Um, but let's see if it was good enough, huh? I guess I'll out myself here because I thought I was looking good and then, you know, life happened and I did okay, but I got myself uh, four points here. Bills, no. The Bears, they had it going until the end, and then they got flat out beat by Detroit. I did not think that was going to happen. Titans were my lock for the third straight week in a row. I won't be able to use them for a lock this upcoming Friday, so we'll see how that works. I don't know who has to pick, Paul, but uh, two points there. Got one point for Kansas City, one point for the Steelers winning outright, not just with the two and a half there, and then, of course, the Cowboys let me down. I could have had a five-point spread here. Instead, I got zero there, for a total of four points uh, on that one. All right, so let's go to the the man of the hour here, and uh, let's see if he's going to be willing. Mark, you want to go over this? Oh, hang on a second. Dang it! <laughs> uh, can't wait till you watch this. This one. All right, here's here's Mark's. All right, Mark, how you feel about these picks? Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I would imagine. Tampa Bay, you got by one. You had to feel good about that one first thing in the morning. Oh, I feel great. That was an es- excellent pick. Yeah, it was pretty good. All right, and then you had the Titans at one, so you stole off mine, which is a good move because I've been hitting my locks every Yeah, I like how your locks go, Shane. I, I listen to them very intently, and sometimes I'll just rip them off flat out. Yeah. Well, you should. All right, and then you got Kansas City Chiefs plus or minus nine and a half, so you got lucky on that one be covered. There was no luck involved. Kansas City had that all day, every day. Well, that was probably true. Miami, you got a point on, too, so that was a good call. They dump trucked them. Miami was a bet. I should have made Him my best bet of the day. Yeah, you should have, but you didn't, so that was just one point. Giants, you got a point. Way, way to pick them over those Titans. Yeah, you picked them, too. Yeah, you're right. I did. I can't go. Oh, and the Dallas Cowboys, that was your lock at zero. So you got five points on the day uh, for Moneyline Mark, and he saves the day, speaking of days, because Preston – You have to beat both of us to get the 50. You only beat one of us, so that's $25 food comp. You already got your T-shirt. Ties don't matter in this place. This ain't college football. You have to beat us, baby, and that did not happen. So congratulations, Moneyline Mark there uh, for his pick six and actually saving the Odds Brothers. Only O.C. has beat both of us so far, and that seemed like so long ago, and we told you about that. We had to protect our jobs there. We had one more. Uh, to show you here, the high risers Lucas was involved, and in, uh, he was from Miami, and uh, he was a Buffalo Bills fan, so he's probably not feeling good today. Let's see what Lucas had. Oh, he had three points here. He only got Kansas City, the Titans, and the Colts, right? The Colts went an out right there. That was a good call. But he had Bills as his lock because he had to, it was a family pressure thing, and I get that. Uh, Saints end up getting dump truck or not dump truck, but beat flat out in Seattle. Got beat by three instead of that uh, two and a half. So that had to hurt. So Lucas, you get nada. No food comp for you, just a t-shirt, my friend. So have at it. And then you're probably going, hey, you, you're showing us all this, but what do the standings look like on the pick six leaderboard? bro? Well, I'll, I'll show you that because we have an updated uh, standings from now. Oh, look at me. I'm still on top. Let's see. Right there. Thirty-seven and a half points. Mark at thirty-two. The average Joe's at twenty-seven, and the high-rise is at, at twenty. They are a week behind in the picks, so so we'll give them their average three points. You could say they're twenty-three right now. I wouldn't, but you could. And that is your pick six and all your recap on the college and pro football action of the week, folks. So you know you have at it. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it. With Mark being out of town, hopefully he'll be back on. El Friday, right? Yes, he should be back on Friday, as well as our average Joe and our um, high-riser of the week as well. So we should have a full show for you and looking to do all of your uh, picks, our pick six, and thanks for watching again today. So with that being said, uh, let's get this baby going. On behalf of Moneyline Mark, this has been Points for a Chain. Thanks for watching. The Odds Brothers podcast we will come back remind you that uh, we do recordings live every Monday and Friday here inside the Bentley Sportsbook, inside Southland Casino Hotel. If you wonder where that is, that's in West Memphis, Arkansas. We're right across the river from Memphis, Tennessee. So if you're ever in the area, give our beautiful facility a look. Stay in our hotel. Eat some great food down here in the sportsbook and watch all the games. we got all kinds of big screen TVs and TVs everywhere. Betting kiosks, retail, mobile. We got it all if you want to bet on your sports. And, of course, why not? You're going to meet us, all of our tens and tens of views. So, with that being said, peace out, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you on the flip side. AK.